Hey you guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted you're here with me today because we have a very special guest. Today we have with us Ms. Holly Herbig. She is a human design teacher, and today she is going to talk to us about human design, what it is, and how knowing what your human design is can help you in manifesting the life of your dreams, which who doesn't want to do that? I know I do. So can't wait to jump in and get started today and learn all about human design. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Holly. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always fun to chat. Yes, I'm so excited that you're here because I know like just the teeniest, tiniest little bit about human design, but like nothing major. So I'm so glad you're here to talk to us about it. And I know that manifestation is a huge thing right now with a lot of people. So it'll be interesting to find out how knowing your human design can actually help you with manifesting. But before you get started with that particular topic, maybe you could just give us a little bit of a background about human design, because we probably have some people listening, maybe they've never heard of it, or maybe they've heard of it, but they're just really not sure what it is. Yeah, I, like human design is is kind of um, starting to make more waves, I think, in the last few years. We've sort of had this huge uptake in the number of people who, who know it, whereas uh, before 2019 or so, human design was sort of this real outlier strangeness in, in the wellness or spirituality space. Um, but it was a system that was developed in about the 1980s. So it's it's still relatively new. And the textbook definition of human design is that it's called the science of differentiation. So what that means is human design is here to explain to you and give you language as to how you are different from everyone else, how you are unique. Um, and that for me was really what drew me in in the first place because there are so many incredible systems of spirituality and self-awareness and all of these esoteric languages um, but all of them focus on kind of homogenization they all focus on this is how you're the same as everyone else this is how we categorize you in these groups we've got you know astrology and the zodiacs and the you know myers-briggs and all of these things are saying Let's, let's put you in groups where there are people who are similar to you. Human design goes in completely the opposite direction. And other than the very first layer, which is five different energy types, and you'll, you'll fall into one of those categories. Beyond that, it's layer after layer after layer of, of individualization of, yes, you maybe you are this energy type, but the nuance is you are also this, and you are also this, and you are also this. So in human design, you get something called a blueprint or a body graph. And, and often when people first run that, it looks insane. It looks like it's in a completely different language and it, it kind of is, it is its own language. Um, but that body graph shows all of these different elements of there's this, this part of you and there's this part of you and these things speak together. But overall, it's it's a system of energetics. It, it tells you this is how your energy, you as an individual, this is how you are designed to function. This is how you chose to set your body up and, and your energetic pathways up in order to experience this life that you're having. So everything is here for you. It's all in the toolkit. You just need to really understand how to read that blueprint in order to bring yourself more into connection with who you are and ideally let go of all of the things up along the way that are not really you. 
So I love that. So this um, design, do you find that a lot of people who maybe haven't studied their human design make a lot of decisions that really aren't don't work well for them because it kind of goes against what their human design is? Yeah, yeah, hugely so. I think we have all, we've all been in that position. Um, and and really the way that human design views it is that the mind is never the authority. So even though we have all of these energy centers in the body graph, which are laid out on a body and, and we have energy centers up in the head, none of those centers are ever the decision-making center because the wisdom always resides within the body. And we all have different ways of making aligned decisions based on your design. But the challenging thing about that is that we live in a society that for hundreds of years has kind of reveled in the mind as king, that we use logic to make decisions, that we have to think things through, that there is... um, a very necessary cautiousness in having your brain or your mind make the correct decision for you. I mean, to the point where we demonize making decisions with emotions, that if you're you're too emotional, oh, you react too much, you made that decision from your emotions and that's a terrible thing and that's what got you into trouble. So for, for everyone, for everyone, whether you're coming into human design or not, I think when we start to understand energy and self-awareness, we begin to realize that our our mind is actually not the most reliable place. That <laughs> the mind is full of fears and limiting beliefs and neural pathways that have been formed from trauma and from wounds that are, are not helpful. And when we apply that to anything in life, but certainly when we apply it to manifestation, where the subconscious plays an enormous role in the manifestation process, we start to see how important it is that we separate ourselves away from making decisions with your mind. It's it's not actually in your best interest to do so. Yeah, I totally see why you say that because it's true. Our mind, and I was telling my daughter this, she uh, she's wanting to quit her job and give two weeks notice and she's terrified right now. She talked to me on the phone. I'm scared about doing it. And I said, well, you're probably making it worse in your mind than it's actually going to be. And we do that a lot. We create fears of things that really don't exist and probably are never going to exist. So a lot of people don't even try things because they think it's just not going to work out. So what are what's the basic of human design? Like what are the five? You said there are five energy types in human design. Yeah, so it's in, in human design, the whole of society is broken down into five different energy types and they're representative of a different percentage of the population. So we have our generators who are the majority. The generators are at about 37 to 38% of the population. And these are the people who are incredibly creative, um, very, very productive. They love to build things, sustain things, master things. They're all about response because they're they're driven from the sacral center. So human design has this kind of veer off from the chakra system um, where it takes the energy centers in human design from the chakras, but there's a couple of breakaways. So there's extra energy centers, but uh, our generators are sacral driven beings. So it's about life force. It's about creativity and production and response and engagement 
And so generators classically are the ones who tend to sort of fit into society best because all of these social structures that we've got really suit for the generator. All of these structures around, you know, working nine to five, the 40 hour work week, the you wake up in the morning and you go to the gym and you have breakfast and you go to work and you come home and you sleep and you wake up the next day and you're refreshed and you start all over again and ta-da. And as long as you're doing something that lights you up, life is brilliant. Yeah. Except that a lot of generators aren't doing things that light them up. <laughs> they're doing things that they feel obligated to do. And there the problem lies. Um, then we have our manifesting generators who are at about 32% of society. So they are a hybrid type. They're our generators. So they've got all of that responsiveness and all of that creativity, but they're also mixed with some manifester energy. And that makes them sort of like generators on steroids. So manifesting generators are the ones who can do a lot of things all at once. When, when we talk about those people who have the ability to multitask and to juggle heaps of balls and they're always bouncing around and, and going down different lanes and they're this sort of force of nature, those are our manifesting generators. And that is perfectly aligned for them, except of course they have a lot of conditioning to behave like generators to pick one lane, to stay still, to just focus on something. But manifesting generators often show up as celebrities, politicians. They become these huge spokespeople in our society. They're often sports, you know, athletes, Olympians, because their body has this incredible power to produce, to create, to sustain. But that manifester part of them also means that they want to move around and they want to change and they want to initiate new things and they, they're very, you know, visionary. Then we have our projectors. Our projectors are at 20% and they are the start of what we call the non-sacrals. So we've got our generators and our manifesting generators are our sacral beings. So they're responsive, they're creative, they sustain, they have this kind of physical life force. Then our projectors start the other side, which is the non-sacrals who don't have consistent access to that energy. And at 20% of society, projectors are people who really are here to guide and here to teach. They are fascinated by knowledge and the details of things and wanting to dive into kind of the, the cavity of something, right, and, and swim in it and immerse themselves in it and know everything about it so that they can help other people, so they can guide other people. I think one of the greatest examples of a, um, an incredible projector is Barack Obama, right? This sort of insatiable desire to master things and to learn, but really from that very, very uh, kind of democratic place of, I, I actually just want to guide people to a better way, you know, a better place, a better existence. So in the online space, we see so many of our coaches are projectors. And of course, they're driven to that. Of course, they are, because it's, Guess they can create their own. <laughs> Yeah, right. I love I love working with projectors because they're so beautiful. Um, they are tired though because they're non-sacral, so they don't have that consistent energy. So projectors are usually the people that take a nap every day, right? They do better with less work, less productivity, as long as they can uh, have this sort of slower lifestyle and go deeper into things. Things are very aligned for them. Then we have the manifester energy type also non-sacral. So that's where our manifesting generator hybrid comes from. The manifestors are at 9%. 
Um, that's what I am. So that's my area of specialty in human design. I run a community just for manifestors, the weird little 9% of society that we are. And uh, manifestors are kind of the edge of the collective. Manifestors are the visionaries. We have um, closed energy where everybody else has open energy. And manifestors are those people that you sort of bump into that are just constantly going their own way making their own paths, going their own way, doing their own thing. And when they have something to create, they bring it out with a real force into the world. We call it a creative urge. And it's one of those things that hasn't been seen before, hasn't been done before. A manifesto will birth that into life and then they'll disappear again and rest for very long periods of time. So the manifestors are here to be the initiators, to initiate things that other people will then use. And, and build on and grow and the projectors will jump in and guide everybody in how to use this thing, right? Um, but the, the manifestors are, they're rare and they're unusual and you tend to know if you have one in your life. Once people get the description of a manifestor, they can often pick, oh, there's that, that person that I work with who always just seems a bit distant, who always seems like maybe they have this kind of wall. I really like them, but they just... I don't really understand them. That's the, that's the manifesto. Um, and then we have our rarest of the rares, which is our reflectors, and they are at 1% of society. So we call them the unicorns. Um, if you have a reflector in your life, it's an incredible gift. They are completely energetically open. So what the reflectors do is reflect. They mirror. So they take in everything in their environment and they process it very slowly very deeply and then produce the wisdom they reflect it back for us and, and tell us this is what's working and this is what's not working and this is what we've learned and this is where we need to change and this is where we need to grow so um I don't know how many people are are aware of her or maybe follow her but the skinny confidential is a really great example of a a public reflector um, and skinny confidential has built an entire business it's this huge online business reviewing things she just reviews products and experiences <laughs> and processes it and shares so that's a perfect arrangement for a reflector but we do tend to find that um at some point in their adult life reflectors will sort of exit from society and they end up running you know like permaculture farms or living in the forest or because it's very very hard for them to be in environments where there's so much energy and so much movement, especially over the last three to four years when we've had a really intense experience. So um, reflectors are incredibly special if you come across them. But everyone will fit into one of those energy types. And um, you see that once you, you run your chart, it'll show you what your energy type is. And that's kind of the only part of human design that that is a bit broader, right? It is a bit more generalised. And how is knowing which type you are, I guess, when you were saying some, I guess their energy comes more from a place of the sacral chakra and then others don't, I would think that would really affect manifestation. Hugely, hugely. Yeah. It, one of the things that goes hand in hand with the energy type in human design is what we call strategy. So it's this key on how to live 
as that energy type, how to operate in the world with that energy type. And strategy is super helpful because it gives us an immediately applicable pathway to start being in alignment with the energy type that we are. Because what we find for everyone, regardless of what energy type you are, is that you have conditioning to be something other than what you are, right? Especially the non-sacral, so the projectors, the manifestors, and the reflectors, we're all so heavily conditioned to be generators. And we find that we're constantly burned out because what we're trying to do is keep up. We're trying to be consistent. We're trying to be responsive. We're trying to produce and create and, you know, have the career and stick at things and do that for the, you know, the rest of our lives and and our bodies can't sustain it. So we, we get burnt out and we experience what we call in human design the not-self theme, which is something that you experience when you're not in alignment, when you're in an environment that's not great for you. So the strategy for each energy type, as I said, gives you this kind of application on how to use it. So for our manifesting generators and our generators, the strategy is called wait to respond because that sacral center, it wants to respond. That's that's what it's all about. It's responding to the world around it. It's kind of filtering through, does this thing excite me? Does this thing, very Marie Kondo, like does this thing spark joy? Is, is this exciting? Is this what lights me up? Is this what brings me joy? And so waiting to respond is a process of really connecting with that sacral energy and choosing to respond to the things that excite you rather than ex- responding to all of the things and responding to everything that you're obligated to do and burning out all of that energy. So I'll go, hold on, I'll go through all the energy types and then I'll tell you how it relates to manifestation just so everyone gets their piece. Um, our projectors, the strategy for our projectors is to wait for the invitation so important for projectors because that ability to guide people and teach people if it's not invited then it's really abrasive and projectors get very very bitter that's their not self-theme they get very bitter when they're trying to kind of push their help on someone and push their knowledge on someone it's like they're pushing against a wall and people are pushing back and criticizing them and saying I don't, you're in my space, you're in my way and I don't like it. Um, And the projector will kind of spiral through that. So projectors need to learn to wait until they are invited and when they are invited into something. So perhaps that's even just working with a client that a client wants to work with you. That's an invitation. And that's when their wisdom shines. It's extraordinary what a projector can do when they're invited into a space then for the manifestors we're we're a little bit quirky our strategy is not actually a strategy it's a technique our natural strategy is to initiate which is what we're doing all the time Um, but we say that our strategy is to inform which is really a technique that we use to support the initiating and that's because manifestors live behind that closed energy it's the aura the closed aura and we need to tell people things <laughs> we need to inform <laughs> like we actually just, you know it's pretty simple like we really just have to open our mouths and say this is what I'm doing yeah. this is why I'm doing it and maybe I need your help or maybe I just need you to get out of the way but hey this is actually 
what's going on. And when a manifestor is not informing, people get in their way, people put pressure on them, and the manifestor ends up angry, which is their not self theme. Uh, then our reflectors, their strategy is really all about slowing down. It's waiting for a lunar cycle. So it's allowing that sort of deep 28-day process to move through them. So not making themselves behave like a generator and speed up and try to keep up with things and, and do all of the things, but to kind of exit normal life and slow down and go deep and be really connected to these external natural rhythms like the lunar cycle, like the earth seasons, get in connection with all of that because they're very primal. Um, and when a reflector is able to do that, they experience a lot of surprise and delight. When they don't do that, their not self-theme is that they get incredibly disappointed because things are never deep enough. They always sort of fall short, right? Um, that not self-theme for our generators and our manifesting generators is frustration. So when they're not waiting to respond to the thing that really excites them and they're just trying to respond to everything all the time and all of the things that they're obligated to do and that they have to do and that they should do to be grown up and to be successful and to follow the strategies, which we see in business all the time, they get frustrated, really frustrated because they're working so hard but they're banging their head against a wall at every turn. It's never actually working. But when they do wait to respond and let that sacral energy build up and then respond to the thing that they really, really are excited by, then they feel incredibly satisfied by putting their energy into that. So when it comes to manifestation, because manifestation is just an ethics equation. That's it. I mean, we have all of these like fancy tools and languages and systems and and a lot of people have added their really beautiful flavor to like oh but this is the manifestation process that worked for me and you need to be doing this and you need to be doing that but at its core manifestation is simply quantum physics it's the law of attraction right it's the law of oneness so it's all about those magnetic frequencies of energy because like energy attracts like energy Mm -hmm. So if you are wanting to manifest, quote unquote, um, something into your life and the energy of that is, let's say it's freedom. If you are in an energy of limitation, the magnets aren't going to attract. It's, it's not going to come in. So this is where a lot of people really get derailed in their manifestation process. And that, you know, that kind of deep frustration of, I'm doing all the things, right? Like I'm I'm working on my limiting beliefs and I'm saying the mantras and I'm writing my vision boards and I'm, I, I'm doing all of it. But if your energy within you is not in alignment, then you're not able to be in alignment with any of those other things that you're calling in. And this is where understanding even just your energy type in human design is so valuable, so incredibly valuable because... Let's say you're a projector who needs to wait for the invitation, but you're behaving like a manifesting generator because you think that you need to just work harder and do more things and pick up more strategy and be more consistent and jump all over the place. There's no way that you can energetically draw in what it is that you want because you're not, you're not even in alignment within yourself. You're not feeling that success that projectors feel 
when they do wait for the correct invitation. So it's this um, process of as within, so without, right? If you are in alignment within yourself and your, your body is in alignment and your soul is in alignment and those energies are moving through you without blockage in the way that they were meant to, the process of manifestation almost kind of takes a backseat. It just naturally begins to occur. And when the manifestation is not coming through, when it starts getting blocked, that's when you can start looking at different aspects in yourself of, or perhaps a fear came up, or perhaps I was, you know, stuck in a a limiting belief. Um, Self-worth is a huge one. Perhaps I was moving through conditioning. Perhaps perhaps I've got some shadow work to do here. Um, But until we can get out of that not self and stop trying to behave like an energy being that we're not, we really, we really don't get anywhere. And so when you talk about, let's say projectors, for example, and you say that they need to feel, they need to be invited. So they wait Mm. for the invitation. What does that look like? Can you give us an example of that? uh, Let's say in your everyday life, what does that look like for a projector? Yeah, it's any kind of invitation. So um, someone asking a projector a question, (laughs) like, can you, can you tell me about this thing? Or oh, that's really interesting. Perhaps you go to a party as a projector coming into holiday season, right? Perhaps you go to a party and you're doing the general chit chat with people and someone says to you, what do you do for work? That's an invitation. As a projector, share. Share what it is that you do for work. Um, any kind of recognition also works as an invitation for a projector. So a friend coming to you and saying, I really value your advice and your opinion. Can you tell me what you think about this? Um, My husband is a projector, so he's quite different to me, but uh, he also really gets that, the more subtle invitations in his work. He's a furniture maker. And so when his bosses say to him, you're fantastic. We really love how you you just created that piece. We, We want you to just set up the design for the next thing that you're going to create. That's an invitation. That's an open doorway. So it's anywhere for a projector where that value that you have is recognized and there's an invitation to share more or to to take up more space in doing so. Um, Where projectors often struggle is that they get very literal and think that I need to wait for an actual invitation to show up. I need to have someone say to me, you are being invited to share this with me or to, to operate in this way. But um, I gave the example before that if it's if it's in business, just having a, a client come and choose to work with you, that's an invitation. Having somebody purchase the products that you create, that is an invitation. Having somebody ask you for help, that is an invitation. It's really anywhere that you are seen for the value that you bring, because that's the security that a projector really needs in order to step fully into a space. And what if as a projector, you're not seeing that value? Because a lot of people get into jobs where they don't feel seen, they don't feel valued, and it just happens. So what advice would you give someone who maybe is a projector and is stuck in a role where they feel like, hey, I'm not I'm not being invited. I'm not seen. I'm not valued. What 
what does a projector do then? <laughs> yeah, the environment that you're in plays an enormous role. I think for all of all of us, whether we're talking human design or not, I think that in a lot of our spirituality spaces, um, we've sort of just discarded the whole discussion around environment. <laughs> uh, like, oh, it, it doesn't matter. As long as you're doing all of the inner work, then everything will fall into place. But the reality is there are some environments that are just not healthy for you. There are some environments that are just not the correct place for you to be in. And um, the the kind of lens that human design takes with that is that it's that's really filtered by aspects of your design, but certainly your energy type. So if you are a non-sacral being, if you're a projector, a manifester or a reflector, and you're in an environment that is really designed for sacral beings, where consistency is demanded, where a high level of constant productivity is demanded, where you are always needing to respond, that's a demand that's placed on you and you're not getting recognized and you're not being invited and you're not being given space or time or freedom that's not an aligned environment for you. And so, yes, you can do a, an incredible amount of inner work to come into awareness of yourself and to heal those parts of you that that drew you to that environment in the first place because we're always looking for something. That's why we're in those places. We're seeking to, to fill something or to meet some need or, or to have some measure of security. Um, and that, that inner work is going to be so helpful but you are going to reach a certain line where you can't change or control the environment around you and maybe you need to exit so I think I you know I'd love to to be able to give people sort of a one direct clear here's here's the one step that you need to take <laughs> to resolve that but I think it's so individual it's so um, based on the journey that you're moving through yourself how willing you are to to meet yourself and to heal what is presented to you in these experiences. If you're not as a projector, if you're not feeling recognized, what does that bring up for you? What what patterns have you been in that are still at play, that are continuing to have you in, in these environments where you're not recognized? Because often for a projector, it comes down to some variation of I'm not recognizing myself fully. I'm afraid to do that. So I'm constantly seeing that reflected back to me. Um, and, and it's different for everybody as to what um, nuances of environment feel healthy to them. I know that as a, as a manifester, as a non-sacral being, um, who, I came from a background of medicine. I was a nurse for many years and then I was a hospitality business owner. And both of those environments are high stress, high demand, high pressure, high consistency, high productivity. And in a lot of ways, I, I thrived in that those environments, but also it destroyed my body to do so. I was always unhealthy and always unwell. And I was always, always angry. So it's a, a really personal choice for me as a manifester to recognize those environments are, are actually just never going to be correct for me. They're never going to be what I need. Uh, I need to create a different lane for myself where I do get those needs for freedom and autonomy met. And then I can play in those environments in much healthier ways. That's 
fascinating. I think that's really interesting. And I think there's probably a lot of people out there listening who are thinking to themselves, you know, maybe I'm not in alignment with the energy type that I am because they're probably feeling a lot of overwhelm and burnout. I think a lot of people feel that right now. And that would make sense that they're not necessarily thriving in the environment where they are because it doesn't really suit their energetic type. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, for most of us, the conditioning that we pick up to behave as someone different comes from our family because family is the origin of all, <laughs> all wonderful self-awareness things, right? All the wounds, all the traumas. Um, so usually you're very heavily conditioned to behave in the energy type of, of one or both of your parents. Um, and that's a, that's a really helpful place to start if you feel like I'm kind of constantly drawn into being this thing, right? Even to take some of the majority examples like manifesting generators who feel like they need to be generators like they it's not okay for them to multitask it's not okay for them to bounce around that they need to just stick at something just grow up and choose a lane and you know pick a career and stay in it for 30 years because that's how the generators thrive and it's more more often than not it's because one or both of their parents were generators and they thrived in that environment they thrived in that strategy and as a manifesting generator child growing up constantly being told you're hyperactive you're too loud you've got too much energy you need to slow down you need to grow up that starts to form your idea of who you should be in the world in order to succeed of what you need to do in order to manifest and to get the things that you want so there there's often this this element of conditioning and wounding that's going on in there if I mean the process of like manifestation as a whole should be pretty effortless because if we're in the same you know energy frequency of what we're attracting and we're manifesting all the time without even knowing that we're doing it it's right. only when something's not coming in that we pick up on <laughs> like oh there's a there's a block in the system <laughs> I'm not getting this thing that I want um, start looking at your energy type and look at the energy types of your parents as well so then people who feel like they're having troubles with manifesting, it would benefit them to go in and to look at their human design chart and see where, you know, there's some misalignment there. And from what you're saying, it sounds like it's probably going to bring up some maybe childhood things that they're going to have to look at and heal. <laughs> Huh? yeah it doesn't everything breathing eventually it always comes back to inner <laughs> child um but yes like for me that was that was one of the things that initially interested me in human design I mean I was I was very much a, a manifester it's very normal for us to resist things coming in because we feel like we're being told what to do so like most manifestors, I resisted human design for a very, very long time. Um, but I was already in the spirituality space. I was already doing a lot with manifestation practice. I was doing a lot with that ego intuition balance, um, the masculine and feminine balance. I was working on inner child work and shadow work and, and teaching all of those concepts. And I I still felt like in manifestation that there had to be be some aspect that was missing because we've got this one school of teaching kind of from that like the secret background that says you manifest from your thoughts 
which is inaccurate because we don't. We, we do largely manifest from our subconscious, but not from our conscious. And then we have this kind of polar opposite school of thought that says, oh, it's just, it's all just about attracting abundance. That's all you got to do. You just got to feel the way that of the, the thing that you're manifesting. And what I was finding was that both of them failed to address any of the individual experience. <laughs> I, but I have a unique way of manifesting and I also have a unique set of wounds I have a unique set of beliefs that came from the unique experiences that I had and I think that human design has a beautiful way of of expressing that in a language that people can understand but mostly in just giving a permission slip right no more of this do it the way that everybody else will do. We have so much of that noise already of here's the strategy, here's the perfect process, join my course, join my program, come into my coaching. I will show you the guaranteed way to blah, 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 get all these things that you need. Um, and I think that as a collective, we're really at the point of, of realizing that it's we're not a mass group of all the same people right yeah we're all we're all individuals and understanding and accepting yourself on an individual level and learning to love the parts of you that are, are there and, and seeing them as something that is for you and not against you is really where the healing is at and that's where we get access into these incredible things like manifestation yeah this is I think so beneficial for everybody out there listening because no matter what, no matter where you are in your life, understanding how you operate and understanding your energy is only going to help you. And I think mm. things a little bit easier for you when you understand why you do the things you do. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that what it's all about? I think that's, that's really the human experience yeah. that, we're here to understand ourselves and to learn how to love yeah. to love ourselves and to love outside of ourselves to love others and we can dress that up and and put a lot of other words to it but I think in the end that's what we always come back to as humans yeah absolutely couldn't agree with you more and I would like to know if are you doing sessions for people and helping them to discover their human design or how do you, how are you working with people right now? Yeah, I don't do sessions anymore. I haven't done them for a long time because my manifest energy just cannot keep up with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a sacral being, so I can't do that anymore. But um, I work in a specialty area for manifestors and it's called the Manifestor Community where we're on Instagram. So it's the Manifest Community. Uh, as the handle or it's the manifestcommunity.com uh, on our website um, and we of course are flooded with manifestors but we also have a lot of people who are not manifestors who just want to learn about them who hang around so people who coach manifestors are married to a manifestor parent a manifestor you know they're their family members are manifestors their best friends are manifestors so um, it's a really kind of cool way to just experience learning about one energy type um, but there are a number of phenomenal people in the human design space that teach the the human design system that run um, chart readings so if you run your chart and you discover that you're a manifester come along 
and join us. <laughs> We'd love to have you. We're a quirky bunch. Um, and if you're just diving into human design and perhaps you found out that you're you're another energy type and you just want to learn more about the system, definitely Google human design. Um, or my recommendations for a really great account to start on are Day Luna, which are two projectors, of course, guiding people into human design. So they just have a really, really accessible, beautiful, easy way of understanding some of these complex topics. And what was that again The for the project? Day Luna. Okay. Day Luna. Cool. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being here today and sharing all of your knowledge about human design because I feel like now I understand a little bit more about it and how useful it can be. Um, I know myself, I'm going to go check that out just to uh, learn a little bit more because you made me very curious. Are you going to go and run your chart? You're going to go run, run your chart. chart. Yes, I know I'm a projector, but I haven't got any further than that. So I need to go and, and look at that. And I'm going to have your information in the show notes too, in case we do have any projectors out there or people who want to learn more about it and wish to follow you. And I thought if you didn't mind before we left today, that I would pull a couple of cards for um, the collective just to kind of give everyone some messages before we leave. So I'm gonna pull some cards from the spellcasting deck um, to give us some messages for the week, maybe what's coming up for everyone. And again, since it's general, it may not resonate with everyone, but if it does, great, take it. If it does not, well, then maybe next time, right? <laughs> So this is interesting. The card, first card coming out is life purpose. So there may be some people out there who are listening to this today who maybe they feel like they're struggling to find that life purpose. Maybe they think that they haven't yet. And maybe looking into your human design chart is a way for you to really tap into more of who you are and discover more of who you are, or maybe just help fuel you more into what your life purpose really is and being able to do more things towards that. Um, you know, I think so many people think your life purpose is just one thing, but it can be multiple things. And, mm. you know, just learning more about you really opens you up to what brings you joy, what fuels you. I think those are the things that often lead us right to what we're supposed to be doing. So focusing on service and joy and all of the things that bring you joy and I think looking into your human design might be a way for you this week to really see do I feel like I'm in alignment with a soul yes what feels good to me am I doing the things that really um I think light up my soul and it's amazing because the next card that came out is French but it's like this bright light coming out um and so to me, this is about remembering to nurture those relationships that you have in your life. And also remembering that sometimes the universe guides us to the people who are supposed to be in our lives and who are helping to fuel our souls. Right now, I mean, after the pandemic, man, we were all so isolated, weren't we? And it's so mm. important to break free from that and to really lean on those friendships and to allow those new friendships to come in too. I think a lot of people are experiencing shifts right now, huge shifts. And this is all divinely guided, it's on purpose. 
So paying attention to where you feel led to go and the relationships that you feel led to nurture, it, now is the time for you to do that. And I think for some of you, you're gonna see some new friendships coming in and it's, they're going to be people part of your soul tribe. So welcome those things in. And hey, maybe if you have friends who are also projectors or manifestors and you wanna go learn more about those types, Holly has a group for you to go and check out if you want to learn more. You guys are the manifestors, is that correct? We are, yeah, the yeah, manifestor yeah. community. So, so if you have <laughs> full friends, of manifestors. Yeah, they're manifestors. <laughs> go check out Holly's group because you might be able to learn more about that. I know I myself, I know I'm a projector, but that's like pretty much all I know about it. So checking out more about your human design might help you too in those areas of your life. So thank you so much, Holly, for being here with us today. This was such a great conversation. I learned so much and I'm sure the people out there did too. I really appreciate you coming here today. You're very welcome. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I wanna thank all of you for being here with us today as well. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. That helps to get the show out there to as many people as possible. But of course, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with those you think might benefit. And if you join us on Patreon, you can see this podcast, you can see the live interview, and I would love to have you over there. You can join with a free trial, join us for a week. If you like it, great, you can stay. If not, no obligations. I hope you guys have a beautiful week. As always, I'm sending you so much love and light. Thank you again, Holly, for being here. Thank you, all of you, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.